Witches and mortals seldom do mix. But when mixed marriage is on the cards, Insanity pursues with the classic 60s sitcom Bewitched with your co-hosts, Vicky Ray, Jesse Fultz, and Keith Chowdhury. Witches have never been so exposed before. And take it from me, I'm Uncle Arthur Sandy. Hello, welcome to Literature License Podcast, and it's Bewitched Week, where we'll be discussing episodes 8 through 18, so sorry, 8 through 16 from season 3. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We have Vicki Ray with us. Hello, Vicki. Hi, it's just a little old me and you again today. Yeah. And Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to everybody listening. Mm-hmm. And before we get started, I guess, let's see what you've been up to. What have you been up to? <laughs> well, not a whole hell of a lot. Of uh, just doing my little project thingies, and um, what did I? Oh yeah, I binge watched the fourth season of Cobra Kai. Yeah, I don't know what it is about now. that, but I can't just watch one episode. Mm. You know, and then there's Yellowstone. I'm a huge. I don't know. I have not been a big fan of any show like I am for Yellowstone. I did. I don't. It doesn't even compare to The Walking Dead. We know how much I like Walking Dead, mm. but I just. Really enjoy Yellowstone. And what else did I see? I don't know, your various horror movies. Mm. You know, I've been trying to find stuff that I haven't seen. You know, I'm running out of horror movies. <laughs> and, and you know, all this 2021, no, or is it, is it just me or is the, everything that came out, even if it's an indie film, please don't shoot me. 2021 films are just sucking it. Well, they're all, they're COVID films, aren't they? Yeah. So. You know, I mean, I enjoyed Corona's zombies more than i did anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so that was about as stupid as it fucking gets but um that i mean i could see you know like, i just haven't seen anything and if i see it says 2021 i'll back up another decade maybe mm-hmm. 2010 2005 maybe before that there's just something there every once in a while something but i don't know if it's the cgi is just so apparent you know what i mean yeah, I mean, most of those 2021 are films that were started in the beginning of COVID and then it kind of like scrambled to finish them up. But yeah, when they could let people, you know what I mean? So I probably didn't like, yeah. probably all, all like the team effort of a whole team working together as one. Possibly, possibly. I just, it just every, I've just noticed that I've been avoiding movies and, and it's like, I wish Shutter would like turn over a little bit too. They need to like, they're you know, put mm-hmm. some new stuff out there. I really like the South Korean stuff and the Indonesian stuff. I have to be in a mood to sit there and read, you know, the, the, you know, I don't mind the subtitles, but I really enjoy their stuff because yeah. they actually, they're, they have no filters and they have CGI, but they have lots of blood cannons and that is so important. <laughs> so yeah. lots of gore for me, but other than that, not a whole lot. It's been really cold here in Texas and we're kind of worried again because when you get 21 here, you know, I already have pipe problems already. I mean, we're just not equipped. Not that we're pussies, because I come from northern New York. It's just that we're just not, they're not used to that kind of stuff. Like they're getting in our hometown right now. They're like getting feet. They're all griping about shoveling and the snow plow coming back and putting it back in their driveway after they've cleared it. You know the, the drill. Yeah. But not a whole lot going well. on. Just, just trying out, just hoping that grid holds. This winter, so anyway, what about you? I know you've been working your ass off. Yeah, I've been working. I did get through Cobra Kai though, because in between, I've been watching an episode here and there, and I actually finished the whole season. Actually, oh, you did finish the fourth season. Did you like it? Yeah, I did. Actually, I do like it. I'm like, I really enjoy it. I don't know if it's an '80s nostalgia thing or it's just it's hard watching Ralph Macchio as an adult though. Yeah, another season. Well, it's kind of good. I mean, I know that they hate each other. Conflict has been going on for three decades, you know. But I mean, and then you get the backstory to, you know, what's his face? The the, the mean guy. Oh my god, why my can't why can't I remember him? Um, I call him Dickhead. Dickhead. Well, the dickhead's got the crazy dickhead, and I won't give away the ending, but who saw that coming? Yeah. You know? I don't remember him in the movies. I don't remember him training Ralph Macchio. Do you? Um, I don't know. Do you remember I mean, that? He, or is that something they inserted? No, but the thing is, he said he mentioned he, he he trained a girl. Remember, there was the Karate Kid and had the girl one. 
With Hillary Swank? Yeah, with Hillary Swank. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's in that one. Well, they showed scenes of him and the guy with the ponytail yeah. from the Karate Kid with Ralph Macchio. So I'm thinking they're super or whatever they're doing. But, maybe but I the, mean, maybe it's the third one. I don't know. I mean, I've never I've never seen it, which is Hillary one. Swank. But I like what they did with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Vietnam thing, it just the, the backstory, it just explains a lot. And you kind of starting to feel sorry for the dead. Mm-hmm. A weird way. Dickhead had a history. So. But you got to watch it to find out. I strongly urge everybody, if you're, you know, if you're an 80s fan or that you love, you know, Karate Kid or anything, it is so worth watching. It's, I could not sit and watch just one episode. Boom, boom, boom. And I watched I some Queer bad. Eye, which is good this time around. I enjoyed that. And Which one? Queer Eye on Netflix. See, I keep waiting to see how I can get Dexter. Everybody keeps talking about that. And what is it? Um, uh. Oh God! It's a name. Hornets. Oh God! Yellow jackets. Yellow jackets. Yellow I heard jackets that that was great. excellent. I haven't seen that. It's on Showtime, maybe. Yeah, I'm watching that week on week. So I'm a couple episodes behind that, but that's brilliant. Christina Ritchie and Julia. Do you Lake. like it? Yeah, excellent. It looks so excellent. Good. I'm gonna have to probably just. And I'm watching another it. show called Cruel Summer, which I liked a lot. So that looked good. Netflix, mm-hmm. Netflix is really doing pretty good this month. They've actually got some good stuff. Yeah, Amazon Prime. I'm, you know, they're kind of uh, HBO Max is being boring for me. I'm gonna have to knock that one off for a while. So I don't know. Well, we watched Emily something. in Paris over Christmas, so that was really good. What's that? Emily in Paris. I didn't see that. So. I was like, I, I tried to watch all my typical Christmas horror stuff, and mm. somebody, somebody got onto my ass on Instagram and said. It was vile. <laughs> so you should not be watching this stuff for Christmas. And it just like, I think it was Silent Night, Deadly Night, the ad for it. And I'm yeah. going, who, who the hell's on my on my Instagram that doesn't like horror? So, you know, I guess there's always one. I watched one and two of those. Silent Night, De- yeah, Deadly Night or whatever. Night. So I think I watched them Christmas Eve or something. I like them. I don't know why. I watched Krampus and I watched that other scary one with the, the you know, the, oh, wait, but Santa, Santa's kind of, oh, God, what was that called? Christmas Horror Story. Yes, that one. That That's was that excellent. One. Totally loved that one. Mm. Loved it. But other than that, like I said, we're just seriously chilling here in Texas, but not mm. a whole, whole lot going on for this cold weather. So. You got a lot going here on. watching my pipes. Well, except COVID, I guess. <laughs> the wildfire of Omicron or the Chi variant. And now that they're was talking about the new variant that's coming. Yay. So yeah, what, this- was the, the, what was it called? Flurona. No, I saw that meme good. today, Flurona. I think it's some guy said, who makes this shit up? He goes, next <laughs> next one is going to be Ricerona. <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing. I know it's not funny, but. Some of the, I mean, some, I mean, shit's funny. People got to lighten up. That's all. I just kind of wonder, like, who makes these names up? So, I, I don't know. Fluna, because I guess it's the flu, but you got the Rona at the same time. Yeah. Maybe you know? people who make up names for the, like, the tornadoes or the hurricanes. Well, I'm going to hold off at any boosters for a while because they aren't doing anybody any favors here. So, yeah. I'm uh, just going to wait and see. I think I want those antibodies back. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like Life it goes ending on. anytime soon. So. Nope, it's going to be here forever. Well, let's go into Bewitch, episode eight. Dangerous Diaper Dan. Diaper Dan, played yeah. by Marty Ingalls, the Stevens' diaper service band, is also secretly under the employee of the AJ Kimberly Advertising Agency and plants a microphone bug and... T- Tabitha's rattle, so he can steal McMahon and Tate's ideas and its clients. This was filmed on July 18th, 1966. Um, so what do you think of Dangerous Diaper Dan? It was okay. He was an annoying character, though. Um, I did I did think, you know, I thought it was okay. That was pretty cool that he put the microphone bug in, in the rattle. That was kind of fun. But, um, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. It, it didn't make sense, but I think that was the whole point because, I mean, I guess it was little corporate espionage going on. And di- how, di- how Diaper Dan got involved, I don't know. They must have known that, oh, it's the Stevens's house and we're going to employ this guy to... Mm. It, it didn't make a lot of sense, no. 
But yeah, I mean, I, why, I mean, why don't you just put the bug in his office? What do you think that every time Tabitha's around, he's going to be discussing what what his latest um, campaign's going to be? Because they're Moses campaign. Yeah, but I get the whole drawn, point. A drawn and great big whiteboard. So it's like right. But the whole point of that is there's not a lot of witchcraft going on at McMahon and Tate, so you know, yeah. it wouldn't have been as near as fun. But then again, I mean, it's a, it's, it's not, a, it's not a camera. It's an audio thing. So how much do you actually hear? It's not like he's, you know, like you know, the, you know, when she twitches her nose, you're like, dee, dee. I'm sure yeah. that I'm sure that's not what you hear every time she twitches her nose if you're standing next to her. Nah, those are simpler times, though. You got to remember, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's good to remember, like the diaper bag guy, the diaper ba- service. You know, the diaper things. I mean, I, my poor mother, your poor mother. Yeah. I mean, they literally had to clean shit <laughs> when we were kids. When, when I had babies, I was throwing that stuff away, just like diaper service. Hell no. I remember, to, like, when I was younger, I, we still had cloth diapers we were using for dusting cloths you know, mm-hmm. that she had from when we were babies. Yeah, well, they, they, you had a diaper pail, didn't you, that was filled with, I think it was bleach or something in the, the dirty diaper yeah. in there, and they were soaking there, and then the diaper service to come and pick it up and wash it and give you a fresh bear we didn't have a diaper service though my mother um, washed that shit i we had one when we were living in the in the city of fulton but once we went back to the farm now it was kind of hitting those well Ful- fulton was a little more civilization back then because well, let's face it syracuse was a kind of a bigger area yeah you know? we had nestle we had probably nestle's chocolate factory there so oh the yeah that's right is that still there yeah, in the summertime, the whole place still smells of chocolate. Isn't it it's Oliver Salve or something? I can't remember, but I know I, I passed it coming from when I was driving off the thruway, I think. That's going to bug me now. Yeah. The other but problem yeah. is, I mean, during, during the summertime, it just smells of chocolate. That would be awful. That's like when I leave the gym, there's this there's this place called the Jaded Dragon right next door to Planet Fitness. And it is the shittiest place to put a gym with all them restaurants. Because, you know, Chinese foods, I can smell that two blocks away. Yeah, and it's just like, hard. oh, man, you're always hungry after you work out. It's like, oh, my God. You're just, I'm, mm. You know, I'm so gone. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, the diaper service stuff. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I think my mom had it for my middle sister, but didn't have it for my younger sister. You're the baby, right? I'm the eldest. You're the eldest? Oh, your birthday's tomorrow. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I got to say happy birthday to you now. I can't do anything obnoxious to you because you're too damn far away. You're too damn old as well. You need to respect and your too elders. Too damn old. <laughs> you need to respect your elders. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I'm your elder by two weeks and you can give me any respect. So mm. piss off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But I don't know. They planted the microphone. They wanted to steal. The, the, and okay, I get it. They had two good ideas. And so those ideas kept getting relayed back and forth. Isn't that what happened? Yeah. And they got mixed up. And of course, it's Samantha that saves the day. And, and then she teaches him a lesson by popping his tires and ma- haunting his van. Yeah. So, yeah. It was he kind took of a difficulty episode. <laughs> Fake by numbers to its episode. Yeah. He was, she was, Tabitha so cute though. Yeah, she's very cute. Before I go on, somebody told me, okay, I'm having another brain fart here. I had it all in my head. Joni Cunningham. Um, Aaron Morin. Aaron Morin. Did she play Tabitha as a baby? No, I don't think so. Somebody was talking about that in a forum the other day ago, and I didn't look it up. I was trying to find something about it. Someone said, that Aaron Moran was started off as a small child on Twitch, and I can't find anything about it. And they were going at it in this forum. So, you know, I mean, I don't really get involved with that stuff. Well, she did, Aaron Moran. Oh, she did? I don't know. I remember something about her. I don't think I don't think she's one of the twins, no. I'll look her up, but I don't think she is one of the twins because I think I, it was... I didn't find anything on it. I just something that was bugging me. No. No, she was into a car, Dactari, at the age of six. Dactari? Yeah. I mean, she did do the course of Eddie's father, my three sons, family affair. Right. There's no talk about her um, being in Bewitched or any, or her sister or anything like that. So, 
Oh, okay. I guess I'll, yeah. I'll have to find that argument that's going to bug me. Okay, I'm good. Yeah, because I would assume that if she was, I'm sure that would have been mentioned. You know, it would it would come up. Yeah, maybe yeah. so. Because she would have been because because she would have been one of the twins, wouldn't she? Right. They were started out as twins, and then the other one. Well, took, I think it know, was a. It noticed Tabitha is a little little baby, dark dark hair, but that doesn't awfully mean anything. But I had a bunch of dark hair. God, my daughter had black hair when she was born, so you just never know. Yeah, Erin Moran, um, Joni from Happy Days died in April twenty second, twenty seventeen, at the age of fifty six from throat cancer. Sad. Yeah, well, at least it wasn't me. So anyway, let's carry on. It wasn't you, no. And Betty White, oh my God. it just <laughs> She was 99 years old. I know, but couldn't she have hung there just one more <laughs> week? <laughs> you know? So this brings us to episode nine, The Short Happy Circuit of Aunt Clara. Aunt Clara believes her spell was inadvertently blackened out the entire eastern seaboard, so she asked her old beau, Octavius, to help turn them back on. Note, this was filmed on July 25th, 1966. This episode was inspired by the Northeast Blackout, which occurred in November 1965. Title was a takeoff of The Short Happy Life of Francis Macklemore by Ernest Hemingway. Um, this is a cute little Aunt Aunt Clara story. Where it's definitely a cute little Aunt Clara story. And does Lee Irwin always write her stories for some reason? Or I find that he writes all the ones that there's always a little bit of heart in them. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I, I I love this one because it did. I don't remember the blackouts, of course, of the Eastern Seaboard. I don't know if you do, but you know how people go batshit, especially in New York City when that kind of stuff happens. But I mean, it has happened. And uh, I was, I, I would have been a year old, so I probably would have been asleep during it anyway. So oh, I wouldn't <laughs> have cared. I'd be in my but... crib. Know <laughs> 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 if there's a blackout or not. But I mean, they don't really say though. Did she do it? Because or did they? They never really. It, it looks like she did it, but on the other hand, did she do it? You know. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that um, she kind of like. Does a little magic and it just well, happened to be a coincidence. Backfires. Yeah, I just think it was. I don't think it's she was the black to cause the blackout. She was trying to I, wait. Was the other one? What were you trying to do? She was trying to. Black, oh, I'm trying to remember what she was doing with Tabitha that she did the spell that blacked out the eastern seaboard, mm-hmm. and she couldn't do it except poor old Octavius had to keep his hands raised up. Because if he put his hands down, the lights would go off. But basically, the lights were only on in the Stevens's house, and it had nothing to do with the Eastern Seaboard. Yeah. Because, you so know. The, so basically, the Eastern Seaboard. I think she did a magic, and I think the blackout just happened. was a real blackout. It just happened to come at the same time. So it's the same time. Because they <laughs> are in New York. Every I've watched these little things. Like I just would have never noticed before, you know, like certain things like, you know, in, in other episodes like we're going to cover, like it says, you know, such and such a town, New York, because they're like in the tri-state area somewhere yeah. down there. And I always thought it was California for the longest time. Well, so, it, I mean, to be honest, it looks like California. I know they say, I know. I, think there's I don't thing. know. It looks like Connecticut to me. I mean, most of it does. Yeah. And there's what the... The city does look like New York when they show like Tate McMahon's building. It does look like New York. But, yeah. But I have to sit there and say the um, I say the, the the town that they live in, you know, Mockingbird, whatever circus or circle, or whatever that kind of that's Mockingbird like, Lane. That's the monsters. Morning Glory. <laughs> Morning Glory. But it does have. I mean, it does have that California suburban, like you know, right? Um, Brady Bunch, Partridge Family kind of neighborhood. Yeah. Brady Bunch was. California, wasn't it? Yeah, that was California. But they didn't they use the same house in I Dream of Genie, and that's supposed to be Florida, isn't it? Cocoa Beach, Florida. Yeah. So I Dream of Genie, probably one of the sexist shows that they've ever put on. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's bitching about it. He doesn't have that which has no change of season. Everything is always sunny. It's always sunny. There's no winter. That's right. But every once in a while, they have a coat on. But I never understand why they go outside with the coat on because not obviously not cold. So, yeah. I mean, who knows? 
And I'm, I often wonder, you probably would know, is that like the front of a set or is that a neighborhood or is that a neighborhood made for a set? The outside, the outside is a, it's just a set. I mean, there's just nothing a set up thing. There's nothing, there's nothing inside the houses. And then no. inside is, of course, a set. So, right. So they just yeah. made a little. Yeah. And they, and they reuse those houses all the time anyway. You know, well, I know that they use it. I know that they use the Stevens home as the Bellows home, too. Because mm-hmm. if you notice, if you ever watch when they have the Bell- Dr. Bellows house on with Amanda, I think is his wife's name. You can tell that's the Stevens's house by the front door and going back to the other door with the den and the kitchen. It cracks me up. Well, I don't know. I've always just, I don't know why. I noticed well, they use, like they still use those houses today. I mean, if, I mean, the Munster's house, it was Bree's house from Desperate Housewives. Was it? Yeah. Look at the outside of it. They painted it blue. No shit. I didn't yeah, even think of that. over and over and over because it's, it's the back lot, isn't it? It's the back lot, so they do all the back. The I, know, I thought that was when I went to. Uh, it's been a while, but I went to uh, Universal Studios in California, and they had the back lot for like Back to the Future, and mm-hmm. it was just a plain building, and you had like a just a model on a hill of Psycho, mm-hmm. and it was like about the size of my kitchen. <laughs> Uh-huh. So you can do pretty much anything with that. And I'm going and off all, topic again. And they're all on wheels as well. So you can move them anywhere they want to. And they move the houses around. And do whatever. Pretty cool. Love you see on the set. And, but uh, yeah, so she doesn't get the lights back on. Well, she does get them back on. Yeah. Okay. The guy, who was it? That was the guy that, that he didn't, he just wanted to eat dinner, didn't he? He was in a hurry and he didn't really want to sit down and do business and so they decided well if they had lights on that they would bring the business guy over to the house and that's where all the what do you call it antagonistic things started happening but yeah of course they always save the day and somebody gets aunt clara back on board there's a lot of aunt clara in these episodes which i love yeah i really like her well, I mean, I think I mean, even when the lights come back on, it's because the blackout ends on the eastern seaboard. So it's not, it was not clear at all. I mean, the only reason why. inspired, though, by the northeastern blackout. That was a year before. <coughs> I mean, the, I mean, the only reason why, uh, the reason why Clara is blaming, I mean, that's, that's how we knew that it was actually a, a, a real blackout because everything's blacked out. It's only the Stevens' lights going on and off. And that's that the the magic of the episode is actually her getting the lights on in a place that has no electricity. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except for the old guy that broke up. Well, it was her boyfriend, Octavius or Aki Octi, or is that what they called him? Yeah, for sure? Octavius. Yeah. And they made him keep his hands raised. It <laughs> always cracks me up how they have to get some old warlock in there to help him and stuff. <laughs> But I mean, she's such a lovable character. I mean, if I know she's going to be on, I know I'm going to enjoy the episode. Yeah, she's always good. Well, this brings us to episode 10, I'd rather twitch than fight. Samantha and Darren give each other unappealing gifts, which cause them to bicker. When Larry suspects the couple is having trouble, he suggests to Darren that he talk it over with the psychiatrist. Well, endurance is that Samantha see one as well, none other than Sigmund Freud himself. Parley Bear and Norman Fell guest star, filmed August 25th, 1966. The title was a play on Territon Cigarettes' famous slogan, Us Territon Smokers Would Rather Fight That and Switch. I forgot about that. Oh, my God. And did you notice that, that Larry had a cigarette? They do have cigarettes in their hands. It's just like... You know, we'll probably account for all of the cancer in the 70s and the 80s was to follow. Well, the cigarettes are probably, um, you know, are the ones, are the advertisers as well. Yeah. Terry, you know? to Terry, to Sick. I remember those. It, I remember. There probably was Bewitt cigarette ads. What was the name? Yeah, I didn't even think of that. I got to look some of this These stuff up. There are Flintstone cigarettes where you can see like Barney and Barney and Fred smoking a cigarette and in comes Wilma and Betsy goes, oh, what are you smoking? Oh, can I have one of those? Ooh, nothing's better than a Carlton cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. What was yeah, the other <laughs> Well, Marlboro, that just goes without saying, but just, mm-hmm. oh, what the Parliament cigarettes, the big white ones. Oh, all the yeah. girls wanted to have the oh, well, the that minty flavor. Oh, that all that small stick. <laughs> Virginia Slims, or I was just said it, vagina slimes, they used to call them. But yeah. those Virginia Slims were the nastiest cigarettes on the planet. 
I can't believe I did that back to myself back then, but oh well. Yeah. But I did find I did that the, the sports jacket was godly ugly. Mm-hmm. And I that still didn't really account for why let's see, they were listening to Larry and his wife because they were talking to a psychiatrist for marriage. Yeah, I guess if yeah. I was married to Larry, I would need a psychiatrist, a marriage counselor of some sorts too, because he's such a conceited ape. You know, <laughs> he's narcissistic. I think he means well, but that's just how he's written, you know, and uh and I yeah. just she he wanted to get she wanted to get rid of his old jacket. See, Scott's like that, too. I could use that later, he always says. I can't throw anything away unless I know he's not going to find out about it. Well, but, I mean, to I be mean, honest, it, it, was, it was a bloody, ugly... Yeah, but it meant something to him. Well, it was orange. It was a orange. tweed... It was a tweed houndstooth jacket, is what it was. An, it was orange, an orange tweed houndstooth jacket. I mean, it was like... I mean, I have to admit, it was ugly. It was ugly, but that was the whole point. But why would he go? And then, but they're just saying that they're listening to people that people, this is what we always do. We listen to everybody else instead of the person that we share our space with. Mm-hmm. And then everything gets convoluted. So he thinks that she wants to get rid of it because he's not attractive to her anymore. And, and he thinks that when he wore that, that's what attracted her to him. And Well, that's what and the psychiatrist he, and that's what Larry and, the other one we're saying, but I don't think right. there's any way, you know, oh, and, you know, I mean, he gets to that ugly nightgown. I mean, I, I shouldn't say ugly because my mom used to wear nightgowns like that. <laughs> well, it was a bathrobe and they're really comfy. Ugly bathrobes are really comfy. But I think that, you know, you, you didn't want to see Samantha bathrobe. You know, and even her mother is just like, if, if, I would not be impressed if someone gave me that bathrobe either because that just looked like a big towel. That's something that your kids get you for for Mother's Day or something. Yeah, like with ugly, with ugly, you know, um, slippers. But, yeah, but they're normally like quilted, aren't they? Like a quilted, <laughs> quilted. Those old quilted things with the princess collars. They yeah. were itchy as hell. I, I just, you know, and I got one every year. Someone got me one of those bathrobes every year and they weren't warm. I'm sorry, Auntie or mom but they were not warm you know it was just, we lived and, in that and they don't suck up they don't suck up the dampness after a shower either no no um, and then you get like all. some great big long nightgown to wear as well that kind of goes all the way down to your ankles underneath <laughs> 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 well they suggest they talk it over with a psychiatrist or larry does and then and dora whips up uh sigmund freud yeah. Do you ever wonder how a Sigmund Freud does he just like think he's like imagining that he himself is just you know drafted to this dream or I like I like Norman Bell as Sigmund Freud though. I like that actor. He's he good. looks like him. You know, he did a good job as him. And he's been a lot of things through the ages as well. So I recognize yeah. him from a lot of things. But you know, like he, other... argue, he goes I like the argument between him and the psychi- the other psychiatrist. Yes. Yeah, they want to fight here. Yeah, there, I've been working in psychiatry for twenty years. Well, I've been vented psychiatry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was kind of interesting dynamic because they're supposed to be the kind of people that you know hash out stuff, not beat each other up. So you know, the fact that Sigmund Freud was going to fight with the contemporary psychiatrist of the time, you know, had something to it. And at the end, it all 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 down. It's all because of your parents as well. <laughs> That's yes. Well, all it boils down to don't listen to everybody for crying out loud because he bought her that ugly thing. She had those two beautiful negligees and then he ended up getting her that thing, you yeah. know, And but she went back and, and got his ugly houndstooth jacket back for him and then they both realized, and it's like, well, this is not what we wanted, which is what happens in so many relationships. Like, yeah. Instead of talking she, to each other, died it as well, didn't she? Before she it was the, the guy that they that that took it at the pawn store or the the Goodwill store, they dyed it and they patched it up, and then yeah. she just tweaked it back to where it was. She's, he said that there's no way that anyone would even take it for free. In that I believe it's Sigmund Freud said it was an ugly jacket. He said yeah. the only thing he's suffering from is bad taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that worked out. Mm. But it was a cute little episode. I didn't mind it. It was a cute much. little episode. I liked it. 
Totally. The Terryton cigarette things went right over my head, though. Yeah, went over my head. But now thinking about it, it's like, okay, well, it was that era, wasn't it, where cigarettes were pay, pretty much paying for the program at that time. Yeah, isn't that amazing? We've got, I, mean, I remember the Lucy, Marlboro Man's last Lucy. ads. Remember the I Love Lucy? They had like the little I Love Lucy cartoons doing the cigarette commercials. God, Desi always had one in his hand. Mm-hmm. Before, did you see that yet? The Lucy yeah, I did actually. Movie. It's really good. I really yeah, I was I liked it a lot. I had no idea. I knew that they had problems, but I had no idea to the extent. Little part had, of that movie. And to be honest, she really looked like her by the end of it. So this brings us to episode number eleven, Oedipus Hex. And Dora hexes a bowl of popcorn with a goof-off spell and snarls Darren, the milkman, a television repairman, Larry, a policeman, a client, and Samantha's entire fundraising committee. Norma Verdon and Helen Cleave guest star. Note, this was filmed August 11th, 1966. What do you think of this episode? I got a kick out of it, kind of. I like the little old ladies. I like the character actors when they bring them in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because you knew it was going to be a boring lunch and they were just like old, you know, drone kind of thing. You know how that works. And then, you know, well, Larry and and Darren are always working. You know, the fact that everybody that touches this popcorn bowl, you know, decides to, you know, blow off their day completely and be irresponsible while Andorra sits in the bushes or on top of a tree and laughs at them was kind of entertaining. Mm-hmm. I also liked that when the ladies came in and uh, Samantha's getting all hot bothered because these guys are just being loud and obnoxious. But then they go, well, come on, honey, we'll help you out. And they start, then they get all the money. It's like they didn't have to do any rap or anything. They didn't have to do anything. All the, the money. It was a playground. Yeah, but I think it was the, yeah, they didn't have a commission anymore or anything to mm-hmm. to do after that. But um I, I really did enjoy the older ladies. I know that I've seen Queenie Leonard and Norma Varden somewhere. Well, one of them is one of the um, Baldwin sisters from um, the Waltons. Baby, that's, oh, well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's right. I don't know if it's Matt, okay. Ma- Mamie or the other one, but it's one of the Baldwin sisters, which is kind of weird because that. normally you see the other Baldwins, they, normally they're always together, right. even like in other movies like Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte or whatever. Yeah. So one of them was a Baldwin oh, sister yeah. from the Waltons. I remember that. I love how they, 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 well, it only seems to be their character actors. They come in, they leave, but you never really see them again. But the character yeah. actors that they do bring in for these little skits are really kind of enjoyable because you just don't see that kind of stuff anymore. I guess yeah. I'm showing my age. And you kind of recognize them as well. They're kind of like, you know. Well, if you like old film, you, you see these people. Even like on t- other TV shows, and like, you know, this pop They in. did the, yeah, they did the. Yeah, the, the circuit. You know, like, you'll see them on the there. They'll be on Lubbo, and the next thing you know, yep. on the Waltons or the Little House on a Prairie or Charlie's Angels or you know, Love American Charlie's Style Angels. or whatever. They always just pop up and everything, or the Munsters or you just you know, especially like the judges, the people that play the judges on Bewitched. You see them on everything. Yeah. They play like the colonels on I Dream of Jeannie. It really cracks me up because a lot of people, I, I mean, you, you'd see, you're right. You'd see them on all these different sitcoms, mm. you know, like Gilligan's Island, you know, they had all kinds of people on that. <laughs> I know, considering that they were on a deserted island that no one can get to. They had more traffic <laughs> than probably O'Hare Airport, you know, mm. it's just like, they just, that's crazy. They always just, had like, they always had people popping in off that island. No, like they couldn't get off the island, but everyone else could get on and off. Like the mosquitoes, the rock band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so weird. But no, it was kind of an uneventful little, you know. Uh, but it, it was like, a good one. Yeah, I like the idea. It's like you know, because the one person, you know, Darren's like sitting there taking it easy and the other guy you know i like well, that the back well, you know they're so lucky you could take it easy and that other guy takes it easy you know what i mean yeah. it's just like you know like what if everyone could just take the time off just for a day but they it's keep asking like, samantha to make them a sandwich it's like yeah. how many times are they gonna ask this poor woman it's like Amy's, we need more sandwiches no wonder <laughs> women got bitter and nasty through the years <laughs> and that's why don't you just make your own sandwich it's not that difficult <laughs> quit asking 
I know. <laughs> I don't think, I just can't imagine women being that complacent completely back then. So, no, not at all. Well, this brings us to episode number 12 called Sam's Spooky Chair. Samantha buys an antique chair, unaware that it is really a warlock played by Roger Garrett, who has transformed himself long ago in Boston when Samantha rejected his affection. And Seymour guest stars. This was filmed in September 29th, 1966. Um, yeah, I mean, this is another one of those witches, warlocks that somehow turned themselves into an inanimate object that Samantha had something to do with. Uh, Samantha had some kind like of long ago friendship or a relationship with. Sometimes I thought it was kind of good, though, how they were trying to hide this chair, you mm. know, and, because it was a haunted chair. And it, it was putting up a fight when Darren's trying to put it in the closet. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was kind of cute. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I didn't. I liked. I liked the 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 old lady was kind of. I felt so sorry for the old man who was married to Ann Seymour. I mean, yeah. this is Cosgrove. What an old battle axe! I, I mean, I God, I told Scott, I go if I'm ever that mean to you, I go just plug me. You know, load one <laughs> of the pistolas and let me have it. But um. Yeah, I mean, he, he they really, it was cute because they were a cute little old couple, but this guy didn't have a life. No, you know, and then, that, and then had to go there's nothing her. worse than having somebody decide, well, if you don't give me that chair, basically, because I like it, you know, well, we're probably not going to sign your contract, you know, kind of thing. So there's yeah. that. And I have to wonder, it's like, because they take the chair home and then it makes its way back to, that Stevens's house did it like was it just this chair just walking down the highway back to their house? It must have because because they, they, they obviously lived in a different neighborhood by the judging of their house, and mm. you know the chair obviously walked. But apparently, according to Endora, people that get upset, especially warlocks, always turn themselves into inanimate objects when they get upset. Now, who would want to be a chair over some woman? You know, rejecting your affections. Yeah. And let's see, the chair was how old? It was in an antique store. So it's probably been around for at least 50 years. I could think of better things to do to myself. Yeah, I wouldn't want to turn into a chair. Maybe a table, maybe. I don't know. I'm... Bed warmer. Different episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that comes that comes later on, doesn't it? Someone gets turned into a bed warmer. Yeah, but know, it, was, it was a cute. Um, Pat O'Malley, I, I, I love him. He's mm-hmm. always been a cute old man. He's played in a lot of movies or a lot of characters. He's a big character actor too. Yeah. He's a, uh, and so, um, and who played Mr. Cosgrove though? Oh wait, it was Pat O'Malley and Ann Seymour. It was Howard. Well, Pat O'Malley is also one of the voices of the Aristocats. Yes. Yeah. He's done. A, he did a lot of work for Disney back Everybody in the day. Everybody wants to be a cat <laughs> because yeah. we got yeah. a cat. That's I liked Aristocats. That was one of my favorite ones, actually. Mm-hmm. I love that. But uh, let me see. But also, well, first. ends well because he turns. He he's obviously a nerdy dude. When she turns him back mm-hmm. into a human being, or he turns, she has to get permission to turn him back into human being. And of course, she makes a copy of the chair, so everybody is happy. Yeah, that was cute. It was very cute. <laughs> Well, that brings us to episode number 13, which is My Friend Ben, part one. Aunt Clara yeah. tries to conjure up an electrician to fix a broken lamp, but zaps up Benjamin Franklin. Franklin is astonished by the 20th century and wanders away, leaving the Stevensons to rescue him. Unfortunately, he gets arrested for stealing a fire engine. Fred Wayne, who has starred in a live one-man show about Benjamin Franklin at the time, plays Benjamin Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was listed as a historical consultant. This was filmed on June 15th, 1968. And the first episode filmed in color, DVD release does not include a laugh track. So, so yeah, this was. Well, this is cute. a two part. It was a two parter. You know, you got, you know, Benjamin Franklin there. And, I actually um, liked this one. Yeah. You know, I, I thought it had a nice little message. And it's too bad people don't watch stuff like this today because it would have been a good message for today. But mm. you can't sometimes 
uh, delegate that message, like, you know, the good old days. We're I mean, it was quite interesting that, um, you know, the guy, the guy that they got to play Benjamin Franklin was this was someone who's star of a one-man show about Benjamin Franklin. This is what they found him. Well, he had it nailed. You could tell that this was just not some actor that they picked mm-hmm. off the, you know, off a, a, a screen, you yeah. know, thing. He actually was Ben Franklin. I mean, he could be Ben Franklin. That's how good he did it. Um, you know, and I, I, I found it funny, of course, it's Aunt Clara that gets him to... Um, to come come you know get an electrician so she gets the electrician of course and it would be ben frank but i, I liked that, that even darren kind of you know kind of softened on this one because he's a lovable old man i mean he's always he could, yeah i mean he could he could have made a good partner for aunt clara yeah they did they they were cute together kind of sort of towards mm-hmm. the end you know, he tried to, I mean, how, how is it, you know, he's trying to steal a fire engine though. He didn't, he only went across the street. I mean, if he was going to take fire engine, you know, well, you take it. How far, how far away was this fire station to get the fire engine? <laughs> it was, there was, well, it was just across the street. And I mean, <laughs> you should have seen conflict coming. You're taking a historical revolutionary war, you know, individual declaration of independence out into the 20th century, there's going to be no problem, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's going to be a little controversy. Well, another thing is, I mean, he discovered electricity. He never worked with it though. Did he really think about it? He put the key at the end of a kite. See if the, see if the kite got electrocuted himself. Yeah. But kite so in fact, he actually didn't do anything with electricity. Really? He didn't yeah. learn to harness it or pipe it or wire it. <laughs> He just learned that it was in the lightning. So he just knew that there was something out there. Yeah, he basically got electrocuted for that key on the end of that string. But he, but but he had the know-how enough that knew something was going on. Oh yeah, I mean he invented he invented a lot of stuff. I mean he was one of our great inventors. But I think when people think that he discovered electricity, I think you know, like like Aunt Clara does, not in that capacity. Yeah, that basically you know he. He discovered electricity, so he, he's like he built the lamps and the wiring and all that went along with yeah. it. Yeah, so. I think I think we all uh, have that. But that spills over into episode fourteen, where the conflict really does come into the. Uh, yeah, which is called Samantha for the defense, which is part two. Basically, Mr. Franklin goes on trial for the theft of a fire engine. Things get worse when it appears that everything was part of a McMahon and Tate publicity stunt. Yeah, so basically what they do is they turn this around so it's going to be some kind of stunt for McMahon and Tate. I guess maybe they got the Quaker Oat. Um, no, no, but you got the, the, <laughs> you got the uh, district attorney who wants to be really nice at the beginning, and then they think that it's a stunt for a, you know, a campaign. And... Uh, of course, the district attorney, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't want to play ball after that. But I mean, there's there. I really, I really, really enjoyed the, the finality on, on this episode because I really like. I guess I'm just so sick of seeing crap TV. Yeah. And I actually enjoyed this episode because they were talking about, you know, I don't know. He was trying to. He was mincing words, but I mean, he was also wasn't he also? Uh, ben Franklin was just like a jack of all trades i mean yeah well he wrote the constitution yeah and you know and he and think of how much knowledge he had and i mean if this little upstart district attorney wants to can him you know even the judge is like well if he isn't ben franklin he ought to be it's kind of a hard episode to explain unless you watch it when we when we see oatmeal back home in the winter time i always thought the guy the on the Quaker Oats was, guy. i thought it was benjamin franklin i didn't realize this is the Quaker. i used to think so too when i was little <laughs> until you know and then there was a tom bosley he was he played benjamin franklin in in some some show i can't remember what one it was now it might have been a john jake series or something but they they showed how he used to like taking air baths and apparently he did like taking air baths he would strip naked and leave his door open and let the air just rush all over his bare ass body <laughs> so i mean he was kind of ahead of his time he was a nudist and all kinds of things so there you can't probably, sing enough probably was cleaner than the water that was coming out of the ground 
Yeah, air bath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. You couldn't probably do that back then either, but I doubt people would totally freak out on you. They just think you're crazy. I think if you got money, I think you can get away with anything. So pretty much. You can now. I know that. Yeah. But it was a good little episode and it it uh, he definitely was not your run of the mill character actor. Yeah, it was cute. So thing. This brings us to episode 15, A Gazebo Never Forgets. After Darren and Samantha apply for a bank loan for home improvements, a nosy bank loan investigator named Hawkins, played by Stephen Franken, comes snooping around the Stephen's home only to see a pink polka-dotted elephant. That and I like the policy he had to do was up for Tabitha. This is the first of 14 episodes over three seasons that Dick York does not appear due to his bad back. Um, nope, this is filmed October 19th, 1986. 1966. This is one of those classic episodes. I always, you always remember this classic episode of the pink polka dotted elephant. The elephant, yes, yes. You can't forget the elephant. Yeah, so this is kind of a classic one. Um, so what's quite interesting about this one is that um, I was thought, I didn't really realize that Dick York wasn't in it until I just read it. For some reason, I, I, didn't, I just watched it. And even in my mind, I, I still see Dick York in it. But I kind of, in the back of my mind, noticed. I, I watched this one this morning. I rewatched it. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I did kind of notice that he wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But the guy that plays uh, the the investigator, he, Steve Franken, he's on a lot of stuff from back yeah. in the day. Um, I think he, he's been on this show as different characters several times, actually. Yeah, I think he was on this. I, I, wasn't he part of, wasn't he like a leprechaun or... Or a warlock or some shit. Or something that was in love with Samantha in one episode. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean, just, just you know, the thing that, this, you know what jumped out of the page at me when I was watching this and then when I watched the second time was Samantha had to go to the bank and ask for the loan as Mrs. Darren Stevens and she was getting it for her husband because they really didn't give women loans back then. And this is the 60s. Mm-hmm. And that really, that, that really one thing kind of popped at me because I can't imagine not being able to go get my own loan or my own credit card. Yeah, I just can't, um, yeah it's kind of odd, the whole thing. About the woman and the loan. And the, you know what I mean? Even if you had a joint account, you, you just couldn't get, do it on your own. No. Things were really, I mean, you know, women have come a long way in 30 and 40 and 50 years. People don't, you know, I think, I think that's why there's a lot of still, you know, women all bunged up out there, but things have definitely come around. We probably got more rights now than we, than most people, but I I found that that, that, the the nosy bank guy, you know, had it coming, you know, that, that, that polka dotted elephant. I'm just wondering if, if uh, PETA would be upset about the poor polka dotted elephant these days. You know, was it okay stuff that they put on the polka dot at all? <laughs> I would say, to be honest, I, I don't remember, you know, looking at it, I mean, the paint was quite, it's quite a faded. It wasn't like really rich color. So maybe, no. I mean, it looked it like It was supposed bit. to be a stuffed animal brought to life, so. Yeah, but I have to say that it didn't look like, um, it didn't look like harmful, it didn't look like it was harmful paint on them because it, it was kind of like, it, kind of, it was kind of like air, not Jockey airbrush, but stuff like, or whatever. Yeah, it looked like it was watercolored paint that they used. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I thought it was, was kind of cute. Or like that, so we went to when we were in Thailand. We went to an elephant uh, refuge where they 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 took care of elephants and they like them baths and stuff. And those little elephants, they are really obnoxious little things. They're just like they're just like human children all much. They like to play and they like to roll on you. <laughs> It's like I got a kick out of watching it, especially trying to see Samantha and and uh, her auntie there try to get them out the backyard as opposed to having. Of course, everybody, Larry has to spring everybody to come over while this is going on. So mm-hmm. it just seems like Samantha is constantly, what's the word, inconvenienced all the time. And something's always going on. This is a big one because you got the elephant sticking his head out the window and he's eating the bushes. And I mean. He's clearly there. And then they're running from room to room while everybody's trying to figure out if this elephant's in the house. And it shouldn't matter if an elephant's in the house to the bank or not. <laughs> I didn't know the bank. Act- I wonder, did the, the banks actually check on your character back? I guess they did character references back then, didn't they? 
Yeah. Uh, I imagine they did. I mean, it would all be done by Letcher, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, I, don't I can't how, imagine a bank. I don't know how credit scoring went in those days. Was there credit scoring in those days? Not like now. You didn't need a credit score to get a job. I know that. No one ever looked at my credit score or history for anything back in the day. So this brings us to episode number 16, Soapbox Derby. Samantha House, a 12-year-old boy played by Michael Shea, to participate in a soapbox derby race. Gladys Kravitz is furious with her nephew loses the dar- derby and suspects magical interference. Samantha tries to get the boy's uninterested father, played by William Bramley, to come to his son's defense. This was filmed on September 23rd, 1966. I quite like this one. Now, the thing is, I really hate the Gladys Kravitz, this new Gladys Kravitz. I thought, I thought it was very spiteful and everything about that, like trying to say it's cheap. But I really did like the relationship about that you get with the father and son afterwards. And so that was quite a touching moment. So I quite liked this episode quite a bit. I thought it was kind of a heartwarming little episode. Um, little Johnny Mills. Uh, this, I, I kind of like the soap, but it kind of reminded me, what was the other episode where they were helping the, 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 there was the one where boy. basically the mother didn't want her son getting ill, all getting that's right. She was kind of a hypochondriac and, mother. Yeah. Helicopter mother. I did, you know, now they obviously had footage of this somewhere because that was a highway somewhere. I've never seen, I've never been to a soaped up box derby like that where they mm-hmm. actually go down the highways. I've never seen, I've seen the little ones as a, you know, but I've never seen the huge ones. Um, I, I thought it was a really good episode, but it made Gladys look like a real Karen <laughs> uh, I really like, I really, come I really, on, Karen. I'm having difficulty with the new Gladys. So after after analyzing the show as long as we have and uh, all that other stuff, and and then getting so used to the other one, you know, the original Gladys, it is kind of hard because she had something. I mean, I like this Gladys. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to you know tee off any fans, but um, I think this one's got a bit. There's a bitter streak in this one. There's a mean, and the other one was just kind of classically, you know, goofy. This, one, this one's got yeah. like there, there's a there's a evil streak in this one. There's a like I'm getting munging back at you no matter what sort of. She's thing. She's ornery. She's really ornery in this, and you know, and you can see Abner doesn't give a shit as per, per usual. You know, I mean, the kid wins the the you know you got Samantha of course working her magic. In, in doing all the right things to help the boy and not using magic to help him. And then you have, uh, you know, the boy wins. And then, of course, you get called in in these things sometimes. And you got, it just, it wasn't uneventful. It was heartwarming. But it was kind of like almost a repeat of an episode that they had prior in the first season, kind of, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I also kind of like the thing about what he the father said sort of thing is kind of like you know he's working all the jobs to make sure he you know saving up for the universe and he's probably doing all that he knows it's the right thing and but a lot of people especially dad, they did work hard you know dads do and back so in the day like, but it wasn't because he was an absent father it's just that he was you know saving no. up money to make sure that his son's got money for college and make sure there's the, for the bills and so he's working like every hour that he can and. So I quite like that as well. So they they didn't throw this whole thing about like always oh, an absentee father or just or a father that can't be bothered, a father that really loved him and cared. But unfortunately, they're at that you know the money. He's like they a paid. single dad. Mom was gone. Clearly, she probably had passed away, and he has his garage. He's doing his best, yeah. you know. And sometimes, you know, back in the day, it's true. Moms were really always the ones that were showing up because dads were working a lot back then. It yeah. was a different world. It truly was a different world back then. Well, I know a lot of the young kids like millennials or whatever, they don't know. They don't they don't quite get it, but it was simpler, different time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I thought it was great that the dad did show up, you know, and yeah, that they actually got to the national. And the kid got his scholarship and all's well that ends well. And she didn't use much magic except to fix that wheel in the first practice race. 
Yeah, and he also got he also got the little thing where basically the son adored his dad as well because he knew how to build his derby because of what his father does for a living as well. So he kind of got that little story as well. Well, yeah, you know, he obviously admires his father and looks up to his father and people mm-hmm. just, you know, he was a hard worker and, you know, hard work. That's just what people do, you know, yeah, for their families. I quite like this one. Yeah. I liked it. But a lot, I mean, like I said, a lot of these stories didn't really jump off the page. I, the elephant one did. but Yeah. And I think that's just because that's a classic one they, they use. You know, that that's seems a big to be a huge classic. <laughs> A purple elephant with a. I felt sorry for the mother. Actually, I forgot to talk about the mother of the the, ele- the baby that owned the elephant in the, the park. They screwed with her quite a bit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, who's what's your favorite episode and your least favorite episode out of this block? It's kind of hard out of this block because. I, I mean, I, I really liked the one. I, I liked them all, but I mean, as far as it wasn't as exciting as they usually are in this particular yeah. block, you know what I mean? But yeah. I liked the popcorn one because I liked seeing the guy screwing off in the backyard screaming for sandwiches. And, yeah. you know, the spooky chair was kind of cute. Um, I'll always say I like the Aunt Clara ones, uh, but I could have probably lived without the. Um, of uh, the diaper Dan. Yeah, I agree. I'm, my my worst is di- the d- dangerous diaper Dan, and I quite like the um, I like the popcorn Oedipus Hex. Oedipus Hex. I like that one. I don't know, just because he has so many different. Uh, kind of- it was cute. I mean, because and Dora, I love how they got her sitting in trees or somewhere up on top of the ceiling or whatever. You know, all the character actors in and totally screwing with everybody. You got all these character actors, and I really, you know, sort of like I just like character actors. Me and you probably the only ones. Well, I know Joe does too, but I mean, they they added so much. Yeah. To, they kind of outshine the big actors sometimes, the character actors do. And you can't have these shows sometimes without these people. Mm-hmm. They are, are just totally key, just like the chemist, you know, in the next episode, you know, where the moon dust and stuff. Mm-hmm. I went ahead one in case, you know, because I always seem to be short by one. I mean, I, I also like this one because it builds and builds and builds. So you get like one character after, then the next one, then the next one, then the next one. And they're all farting around, not doing what they're supposed to be. And at the end, you know, when all this wears off, you know, one knows that, oh my God, I got a roast in the oven. I've missed my other meeting. Mm -hmm. I've wasted the whole day. We have not gotten any work done. It's all fun and games, but we need to get back to work. It looked like they wasted the whole day, but I guess it was the morning. Yeah. Yeah, it was only. But they looked like a. It wasn't even lunchtime yet. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even lunchtime yet. So they must have started her partying early in this episode. But I, that was the one that stuck out a lot. I, I liked the elephant. Yeah. But like I said the dirty Dan, the diaper man. No. Nah, that wasn't my. Favorite. Not so much. <laughs> So what was your favorite character and least favorite character? Always Aunt Clara in these. Well, and Dora, too. You always got to give a nod to her because she's so sadistically evil. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can never fault her, can you, and Dora or Aunt Clara? I mean, yeah, who did my least favorite character? I always I I just I have a hard time not liking Aunt Clara and or Andorra. So, I mean, they're definitely always going to be my favorite. But, you know, I guess the the I didn't like the modern psychiatrist. I thought he was you didn't like him? Well, he didn't seem like... But I, I think you're not supposed to like him anyway, I think. I, mean, I think he was the antagonist. Or, or he's done yeah. This. yeah. But, I mean, that was a goofy episode, too, though. Yeah. I mean, the guy he played... Um, Fred Wayne, he played Benjamin Franklin. I thought he was brilliant. He was brilliant. But, I like I said, I didn't know until I just read that, that he was a one-man show. Yeah, sort of like you know Abraham Lincoln or something like yeah, that. You David know? Selby playing Abraham. Yeah, Lincoln. <laughs> that's what I was thinking about. So I, I think David Selby does Abraham Lincoln shows still. I mean, maybe he pops up in here as Abraham Lincoln. You never know when he's up. Never know. <laughs> I mean, we've seen everybody else. Precisely. Well, I mean, overall, I think I think it, you know they're they're okay. I mean, I can't sit there and say that any of these really stuck out as some of the ones in the past, but they're all okay. I mean, they're. They weren't horrible. They kind of flowed. I stayed awake from them, so I guess that's something. Stayed awake. 
I know. It's just like, I have a hard time. I must be getting, oh, I'm turning into my father. I fall asleep sitting in the chair now. I never thought that that would ever happen. Just sort of like my other podcast movies. <laughs> like I said, I get to it and it's like, damn it. It's like, I woke up. It's like, damn it. I, Scott was turning off the TV. Again. I go, I've got to stay awake for this movie. I've had conversations with someone and it's like, I realize there's three movies I've never stayed awake through all the way through. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, I fall asleep and I wake up as a child catcher. Mary, um, Mary Poppins, I fall asleep after super califragilistic acidosis. You wake up and feed the birds. And yeah. sounds of music, I fall asleep after Do Re Me and I wake up and they're basically running away from the Nazis through the mountains. <laughs> 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 and I've never seen them all the way through ever. I know. It, it's only, I mean, it's not that the movie that we chose, you know, for our, our next, you're coming up for our, um, mm-hmm. you know, 80s movies coming. I mean, I love my 80s movies, but I just, <laughs> I just got to sit up and finish watching it because I watched most of it, but I keep falling asleep, damn it. Yeah. You know, just got to lay off the edibles. <laughs> <laughs> my big idea. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this brings us to the end of the Literature Lesson Podcast. Next month, we'll be doing A Course Bewitched. Season 3 will be covering episodes 17 to 24. And, of course, next week, we'll continue our two-for-one, The 80s, which will be Dead and Buried, and the other film called The Uninvited, about a mutated cat that attacks people on a cruise ship. Yay. And, of course, it sounds like you need edibles for that one. Our next um, book to screen will be American Psycho by Brett Ellis and the 1990s film. So we good night for myself and good night, Vicky. Good night, everybody. Happy New Year. Take care. Hey. Come on. You see what I see?